Welcome to another episode of The Shredder Show. Today I am excited for a very interesting conversation with Mr. Clark Bartram. So, Clark is A, probably one of the nicest, most inspirational people I've ever met. I had the pleasure of spending a day with him in, uh, we went to Gold's Gym in Venice in California, which is, to be honest, I thought was a bit of a letdown, but experience <laughs> with Clark was great and the workout was good. Um, Clark is in incredible shape, he's 59 years old, he'll be 60 uh, within a couple of months. I don't think I've ever seen anyone in as good shape as you at that age, where it's very, very rare. So. Some of the conversations I want to go down today is your background in terms of how you got to here, um, you potentially, the accusations in terms of maybe drug use, what you actually do maybe in terms of actual health supplements that keep you in this type of shape. So thank you very much for your time. Yeah, well, I drove four hours to be here, brother, and it's worth it. And you too are a kind human who allowed me an opportunity to come and learn from you. So I appreciate that. And I just want to surround myself with people who are really elevating their life. We were just talking about this off camera. So I'm happy to be here. But with regards to the whole, you know, we can just jump into the deep end of the pool, you know, and talk about the whole TRT, accusations, drugs, and all that sort of stuff. At 59, I am an anomaly. I'm something that's a bit different from the average, we'll call it 60-year-old that's walking around. I, I said this earlier today. You travel a lot. When you go through the airport, you go through the x-ray machine, basically. And what they're looking for is an anomaly. They're looking for something on your human body that is not normal. So if they see something like a big bicep or calves or quads, they're going to pull you aside and pat you down. And you know, you're like, dude, it's just my quads. I'm bigger than the average person. So if you think about 100 people walking through an airport at 60 years old, statistically, 75% of men in this great country of ours, the United States of America, are not just overweight, they're obese. They're obese. So I understand to a degree why people would think that there's something nefarious, something sinister, something that's not common because I am not a normal looking person. So I understand that completely, but what I don't like is when people can't believe the truth. Like I literally have nothing to hide from anybody. I am 100% an open book. I will tell you everything you want to know on this podcast. We can go as long and as deep as you want. But that's really what drives me nuts because it's not the fact that they're questioning me as much as they're questioning the human potential. There's so much potential that we have as humans that these limited thinking people, and you deal with it all the time in business, like everyone has a ceiling that they need to break through. I have mine too, but it's not in the body thing. Mine is in business, and that's something you're helping me work through as well. But anyway, yeah, that, that's, that's what really drives me nuts is just, I'll, I'll just say it, they're just stupid people who don't understand, or maybe they're ignorant. They're, they're just not aware of what is possible. Uh, I'd say probably my favorite saying, anyone who listens to me all night says, well, so you don't know what you don't know. A lot of these people just don't know an awful lot. Right. And um, it's frustrating, but I think a lot of that is like a, the reality is you, you don't raise your ambitions, you fall to your standards. A lot of people have very low standards and they let the fucking standards keep it lower and lower and lower. So when they see someone like yourself who has very high standards, who's in great shape, respectfully at an older age, they think there must be some type of shortcut. Whereas the reality is that that's the compound effect of every decision you've made over the last 59 years to look the way you do. Well, yeah, so if you look at my face, right, there's marks on my face, and I left them on my face for a reason. So I went to an esthetician. I had some, like, little red dots, and mainly one right here that I wanted to get rid of. So I had some laser work done, 
And I woke up two days later and they're redder than ever. And I'm thinking, I have two podcasts today. So I had an opportunity to put makeup over them if I wanted to. But I left them visible because, you know, I, I like looking good. But I understand what people are going to think. And I left them visible for this reason. I made a conscious decision to go get this work done. And I knew it was going to manifest in scabs that need to fall off in order to get rid of those things. And I want people to understand that whatever body they're in is from a conscious decision of the way they eat, the way they think, the people they hang around with, the alcohol and the drugs and all of the things that they're putting in their body consistently over time. It's a conscious choice and we need to deal with the end result of that. So I left these here for that specific reason. I'm gonna look good in a couple days. And that is the reality. You and I are in the business of helping people look good. We are so convinced and we know what we know because you've literally helped thousands and thousands of people change their life. So for you, it's like, God, this is such a simple process. If you just listen to what I say, and I have the same experience. So we come from a position of knowing what we know on a deep level. So when we come in hot, sometimes it offends people. Sometimes it hurts their feelings because oftentimes I think we forget like, okay, that's, that's a human on the other end of the deal. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful to anyone. I'm just trying to wake people up. Like, just wake up. It's possible, regardless of your age. And I think sometimes people need to be given that push. And I can often be quite aggressive with people when they don't want to hear what they don't want to hear. And I was like, the reality is nothing changes, nothing changes. And like, what's the same amount of Einstein? The definition of insanity is like doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. But that's the reality that most people are living themselves, like leaving themselves this merry dance that oh, it will change by the end of the year or this year is my year. It's like, well, it's never going to be your year until your actions meet your expectations of what you really want to do, right? I hate New Year's resolutions for that very reason because mm -hmm. everybody thinks that suddenly in January because they made this magical wish, some fairy dust is going to drop on them. And like you said, nothing changes if nothing changes. If you make changes, then things will change. But you got to do it consistently enough to the point where you push through the sticky points. So, yeah, it's, it's a process of just dealing with the people like I'm, I'm like you, I'm, I'm able to talk to people very specifically about what they need. And I have a gift to be able to talk to people kind of aggressively and they don't get mad at me because they know it's coming from a good place. You know, and I deal with high achievers. I deal with guys that just sold their company for a hundred million, $200 million. They got everything in the world, but they look like shit. But they will respect you more though, because you talk back at them and exactly. tell them how it's because they're not used to it. Because what happens when someone gets successful is they end up with a lot of people just say yes to them all the time, pander to them. It's like, great idea, yeah, great idea, really, really good. And, I, and I've even started to notice that sometimes with some of the things I do is like, you almost, the people who say no, that's a bit of a stupid thing to do. It makes you think, this guy's smart. Like he, he's willing to put his head above the parapet and think differently. Whereas I think one of the biggest skills I would say a lot of people lack right now is like the ability to think critically of like, look at a situation from like a bird's eye view, zoom out and think, where's the path of this leading me to? Whereas most people just literally live in the day to day and almost repeat the same vicious cycle, which is why the obesity epidemic in the US is wildly going out of control yeah. and is for the rest of the world, to be frank. 
Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what people do. They continue the same thing over and over again. And I use that analogy. I say, get on the balcony of your life and observe yourself from a different perspective. Get out of your emotion. Don't get mad at me for being honest with you. And here's something that if you haven't used it yet with some of your higher achievers, it works really well for these guys, like you said, who have people just telling them yes because they're running these large corporations. The last few guys that I have dealt with that have been in that position, I just sit there and listen. Like when we do our onboarding, our job is to just listen where they're at. I never talk about the treadmill. I never talk about eating whitefish and asparagus. I listen to their life. And then I usually end up with this. I say, you know what's really funny to me, Charlie, is you have this billion dollar corporation that you ran very effectively, but you can't be the CEO of your own body. How's that possible? How can you not run your own body when you run a multi-billion dollar corporation? And that really settles with these guys. They're like, nobody has ever said that to me before. And it's exactly because you have people that work for you. I don't need your money. I don't need you to do my business. I want you to, it certainly helps me. But more importantly than that, I wanna help you because you obviously reached out to me for a reason. So now's not the time to back out. You know, and that really bothers me, and I know you know the same thing. These guys tell you everything that would lead you to believe they're ready to pull out their checkbook or credit card, and then at the last minute, they come up with some bullshit, weak-ass, bitch-ass dude excuse. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> and the reality is with this, the people have the money, so why do you think people do that? I think it's just fear, because they've tried so much in the past, you know, and I, I bring it back to me like I didn't do something right in that process. Like I didn't uncover something that needed to be uncovered to get there. Because if they're telling me everything that is leading me to believe, but I don't do the closing, so I don't know. I don't know how that works necessarily. I just think they're afraid. I think they're afraid to fail because they've succeeded at everything else. I have that fear sometimes. Like I'm a really good athlete, right? Anytime I go somewhere, people will say, let Clark do it, he'll do it. And then all of a sudden this fear comes on me like, I don't know if I can do that, but I'm willing to try anything. So I won't not do it. Like I just challenged a division one wrestler to wrestle. I knew this guy was gonna beat my ass. And the time came for me to wrestle him, Russell Brunson. The time for me to wrestle him, I'm like, fuck, I gotta wrestle this guy now. But I called him out. You know, I did what men do to me and you. And the time came for me to take out my credit card and pay my bill of being a big mouth. And I got my ass kicked. But I was happy when I left because I didn't back down from what I said I needed. I needed an ass whooping from a man I knew who could do it. And it's the same thing. And I think what's important about that is a lot of people, often, it's important to be humbled at points. Because I think too many people think the big shit of whatever they do is like the reality is, probably one of the biggest things I've learned is there's always someone bigger and better at you. No matter who, who you are, how much money you have, there's someone ahead of you. Like, or who's better at you at something. And I think the reality is too many people have too much of an ego and too much arrogance. And I think being humbled and being at the bottom of the ladder or something really helps your perspective on a lot of things. Yeah, and, and I did reels today about that. I said, hey, you come up with the what, let me come up with the how. You know what you wanna do with your body. You wanna look like you did in college. You wanna lose 50 pounds. You wanna fit into a suit. You want to, whatever, you want to go, the most recent one I had is a CEO of a large company that I train. He said, Clark, I have a meeting coming up in July. I want to go back to that meeting. Matter of fact, I told him this is what we're going to do. I want to go back to that meeting 50 pounds lighter. I said, game on. We start this second right now. We don't have a second to waste. 
So I said, you know what your what is, I will show you the how. And if you just listen to me and don't get offended when I call you out on drinking when you know you shouldn't be drinking, going on a foursome golfing with your buddies who are not headed in the same direction as you, this guy quit his country club, stopped golfing, went all in on it, and every single day he messages me saying thank you. Thank you for taking all of that money from me. It's the best investment I've ever made, and my life is changing. My relationship with my daughter is getting better. My relationship with my wife. Like, that's why I don't just myopically focus on fitness, because it's all-inclusive. You can't separate the body, mind, and spirit. It's all one piece, and that's what I deal with. So what I think you said there is important is what's called an inflection point, which is like a decision in your life that then fucking changes the course of everything. I think too many people are too afraid to make that decision. But the reality is people don't understand is that like not actually making the decision is making a decision. And the reality is if you're not making the decision, the decision's being made for you and it's gonna be the negative one because you're held back and throttled by your own fear of trying to do what you really want. Yeah, there's a, a lyric from one of my favorite bands and one of their songs, Rush, says, if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. And, and it's true, right? People say, well, you wanna think about it. Well, you just made a choice to get fatter. Well, I need to talk to my wife. You really think your wife would be mad if you lost 50 pounds, bro? I mean, <laughs> come on, let's be real right now. And I'll tell guys that. Like, I'm not being disrespectful or anything, but if I walk by with my shirt off, you don't think she's gonna glimpse over and kind of go, oh yeah, that, that's kind of attractive. On some level, we're all narcissistic. We all are attracted to beautiful things. And there's no reason in hell that any man should not be presenting himself to his spouse, regardless of how long he's been married to her, in his best possible light. It's disrespectful when a man says, well, you know, I'm married now. And I, that, is, that is a bitch-ass dude comment. Coming to something that just that triggered me off of is the whole dad bod thing. It's like that's the polar opposite of what you should think. Because if you're the father of a family, it's your duty to set the standard of what the rest of your family should live their lives by. So if you're a fat slob and live like a piece of shit, what are your kids gonna look like? You're actually like ruining the lives of your children by being out of shape because they will mirror your behavior to think that's how to live a healthy, happy life. The most influential person in someone's life is the same sex parent. One of the most, I might cry. Okay, so one of the most joy, times of joy that I have, I'll go hang out with my son at the beach and we throw the football. He's a quarterback, I played a little bit, of, you know, whatever. But we're out there and obviously on the beach you have your shirt off. So we'll walk up and down and talk. And when college age kids run up to me in front of my son, and start saying, man, how old are you? What do you do? You look incredible. And I see my son off in the distance, pretending like he's not watching or listening. I know for a fact, he's like, that's my fucking dad. That's my fucking dad. And I'm raising the level of expectation for him as well. Like I know what's possible. I live with this man every day. And I like the fact that these guys my age are looking at my dad and being proud. Now the opposite could be true as well. There could be a heavy dad, a dad that's made poor choices, a dad that just looks like shit. Whatever situation this person has found himself in, he still doesn't look the way he wants to look. I can't imagine how that son feels when they're walking down if he hears a comment 
that's negative about his dad. I'm sure he's going to want to fight, protect his dad, and all that sort of thing. But yeah, this dad bod thing, you know what drives me nuts is I, I got an advertisement the other day. The fact that they sell t-shirts to hide your fat belly. Like they make t-shirts now like, hey, buy this t-shirt and your dad bod won't be seen anymore. It's like, bitch, how about getting in shape and going to, I said this the other day, I was on Russell Brunson's stage. I said, you know what the best feeling in the world is? Going to Walmart, buying a $4 t-shirt and looking like a million dollars in it. <laughs> That's a, this is a $4 t-shirt, but I look like a million bucks in this bitch. You know what I mean? And, and I want people to understand, man, I'm not saying I'm better and you're worse. What I'm saying is I have the how. You have the why and the what. Let's connect. Get with Charlie. Get with me. Get with somebody who can give you the direction. Stop making excuses that are lame, that are both like, yeah, I got a keg. You got a six pack. No, I got an eight pack. And, and you're not proud of that. Let's not even play that game. Yeah, it's not a joke. Yeah, you're not proud of that. You have used that as self-deprecating humor. When you lay your head down on your pillow at night, there's a thought of me or you or some other fit person that you came across in life and thought, damn, I would like to do that. If not for aesthetic reasons, for reasons of not dying early, not getting some pandemic disease, not, man, it, it's crazy how people justify a look. And now people are gonna go, Clark, it's your genetics. It's not my genetics. My genetics work in my favor, but it's my lifestyle. Gen genetics, genetics only work if you do the work though, yeah, right? Yeah, 20% are genetics, 80% is lifestyle. Consistently. <laughs> and consistently is the hard part. I've not stopped, literally. Mm. So, you know, I, I, I was looking at a picture. Someone asked me the other day, when did you realize you had leadership in you? And I remember it was like, they called it midget football back then. So it was a midget football league. How tall do you have to be in midget football league? Would I make the cut? You, you can be, it, it's, it's just, yeah. it's youth football now, okay. right? They, they just used that word back then. This is in the early 70s. And it's not because I'm short. It was just what they called it. Oh, I actually thought it was midget football then. No, no, okay. no. It's, that's what the word they used. It's no longer politically correct. But it's on my certificate. It says that. And I laugh every time I look at it. But I remember it, it, the, it like this energy I can remember it as a young kid. We were getting ready to play this championship game, and there was this kid on another team. His name was Ronnie Brown. He was like the equivalent of me, a really good athlete. And all of my teammates were playing around, grab ass, laughing, doing stuff. And I just yelled at him. I said, hey, this is serious here. You know, I want to win this game. Like, there's stuff at stake. My dad was my coach. I'm not sure why I started talking about that. But did you ask me a specific question? I can't remember. But yeah. It's funny how... We have very similar personalities in terms of competitive nature. I remember being like a rowing is like an English thing, right? It's like a charity rowing competition. I'm like really good at rowing because I'm strong or whatever. And I remember the boat we were in, people were like retarded other than me, and I was like the best person in there. And like we crossed the line and came last. And someone came up to me afterwards, like, "Yeah, you really shouldn't do team sports. You're like way too competitive to like handle other people." But that's because their standards are too low for me. And I try and push everyone up to a higher standard, which is one of the things you see with people who high achievers like yourself, me, is that you're gonna try and lift everyone up around you to your level rather than drop to their level, which is I think what most people try and do because they wanna try and fit in, if that makes sense. Absolutely, I heard a saying the other day, Ref refuse to lower your standards for anyone who is not willing to raise theirs. 
to your point, so many people lower their standards to be around their friends. Like we had talked about going back home and being around people that maybe we've outgrown and it was okay. You know, we have people in our life that no longer should be in our life because they're holding us back because we took a path maybe of enlightenment and encouragement. We got around people like you who caused us to rise up, but then there are people like the three other buddies in, in the golf foursome that want the fourth guy to continue to drink because that's what they do. But he said, no, I ran across this Clark or Charlie and now I'm on this program. They should lift him up, not hold him back. But what happens, people will try and shoot him down because of their own insecurities because they can't do it or they're not ready yet. And that's, I actually see that sometimes in the relationships where the guy starts getting in really good shape and then his partner tries, his wife tries to sabotage him a bit because it makes her feel self-conscious. Yeah. Yeah, it's so many relationships end because one person starts going to the gym and then there's insecurities that come in. Like, you got to be evenly yoked, man. You, both people need to be... In good shape. Yeah, and interested in, in pursuing, even if it's not relatively the same, you know, the, the intention needs to be the same. Mm. Like, I want to get better, mm. you know? And that's the point of life as a man is progression and getting better. Like... If, if you didn't have anything to work toward, you wouldn't get out of bed every day. It's like, what's the point in this? To like, exist, which is why I think some people lead their lives. Uh, I interesting question for you. What, what age do you think you were in the best shape of your life? I'm in pretty damn good shape now. Honestly, I just did a photo shoot. So the ad that I did in 1997, the new theory of evolution for EAS, biggest ad in the history of fitness. Literally, it, they put more money into putting that out. It was billboards semi-truck tires, it was everywhere. Full page ads and magazines. You remember that, the evolution mm. thing? So I've always had this idea of resurrecting that ad the older I got, because the idea of evolving is exactly what we're talking about. You're constantly working to get better. So that was 97 and I was in really good shape. I competed the day after in the Muscle Mania, 1997 Muscle Mania, but all of this time, I've had this poster in my garage and I'm thinking, I want to redo this, I want to redo this. And I pitched it to different people, but nobody really understood the marketing angle in it until Russell Brunson came along. And I sent it to him in a picture and I got nothing back from him. And I'm like, how is it possible that one of the best marketers on the planet doesn't get this? Maybe I'm too smart or maybe I'm really dumb. So a couple weeks later, he hits me back. He's like, oh my God, this is you. I had no idea this was you. I'm leading up to being in good shape. I love that ad. I've always been intrigued by it. I wanted to buy it. I didn't know what to do. Can you help me? So he ends up buying. That's a good impression, by the way. <laughs> uh, he end, everyone who works with Russell does an impression of him. He ended up buying the rights to the ad, and I shot the fifth picture in the series in the YouTube videos on my YouTube channel where I reconnected with the photographer 26 years later and when I pulled up my shirt, he's like, damn, I think you look better today than you did back then. So I think it's possible to continue to get better and look better. I honestly, now functionally, I would say, I always say 38. 38, I felt like I could run through any brick wall, smash anybody. I looked good. I was thicker. You know, just everything felt like it was firing on all cylinders at 38. But... I'm not saying I've declined since then. I just feel like if I were to get on an NFL team, I could have done it at 38 years old and still performed on you know, something like that. 
to give context of how long you've been in this industry and consistent for, that ad you did, I was seven years old at that time. That's crazy. You know, and it blows me away when people say, man, I had that, I'll look at guys who look older than me, and they'll say, I had that picture when I was a kid. I'm like, bro, aren't you older than me? <laughs> you look like shit. And you know, and it's like, it's only because they've made choices that led them to look that way. Mm -hmm. And then I come into play, like if that ad can, can encourage somebody to do something different, then it did what it was meant to do. And again, I just really want to say that I'm not judging anyone. I just come and you come from a very unique perspective where it's frustrating as hell to hear people say they want to do something, but they don't take action to do it. The best investment anyone could ever make is not in Bitcoin. It's not in buying a property in Vegas. It's not in anything other than your human body. So if you're not willing to spend 10, 15, 20 grand on somebody that can take you through a process, like I told you, I'm looking for one dude, one dude that wants to pay me $150,000 for the year and we're gonna change his life. Change his life, because I wanna invest into this guy. And there are guys out there that have the money. 150 grand they'll waste on a car, they'll waste on a, a mistress, they'll waste on you know just bullshit that's not going to give them a return. So every good businessman is looking for a return on an investment. I, I will do that. And also, if you look at it from a business perspective, what people don't realize when they're fat and out shape and they run big organizations, if you're in peak physical performance, you have more energy, you can think more clearly, you're much more effective in what you do. If you have a very big business, a small incremental percentage difference in your performance is tens of millions of dollars. So you not doing that at the moment is like a huge, hundreds of millions in ignorance tax you're gonna pay over 10 years by not taking care of yourself. Yeah, and there's something else called command presence. Like this latest guy that I'm working with, you don't think, so let's pretend, let's just picture in our mind, a CEO of a large company walking out to an event where all of the people are in a room and he walks out 100 pounds overweight, slovenly looking, shirt hanging out because it won't tuck in or he's trying to hide his fat belly, suit is all big and square because they don't make suits to fit, it has to go that way. You don't think that people are sitting in that audience having no respect for this person at all. Compared to you walk out there in a custom tailored suit, I walk out there in a $4 Walmart t-shirt, they're gonna go, shit, who's the new boss? Let's go, I'm ready to go to work. Matter of fact, I need to talk to this dude and find out where they're training at because I wanna look like that. They're following that leader. That is command presence. You are commanding attention from people and when you do that, it will make them do things that they never thought they could do because they will follow you into the fire, man. Funny story, that reminds me of uh, my previous career to all of this. I was a, like a real estate agent, so I managed like a big branch of that for a, a big corporate company. And I was that guy who turned up in a suit and looked jacked and everyone else was like a fat slob and a, not a piece of shit, but like their lifestyles were pretty poor, right? So it was very easy in a corporate setting for me to st like stick out like a sore thumb and be like, that Charlie kid something. And that's why at like 21, 22, I was promoted to manage a branch where I was like doing like millions of dollars a year at a retardedly young age because I stuck out like a sore thumb straight away. And even when customers interacted with me, they would instantly respect me just because of the way I physically looked and the presence I had. And I think as a man more than anything, 
you know when a guy walks into a room who's in shape it's like a I don't know it's like a, a radar you have on where you just look at other people and you just pick things up it's almost like a self protection mechanism I think in some respects like there's Jack Doodle there but like watch out and I think um, one of the things that guys don't think of enough of is like how many maybe more opportunities will come to them in life when you have more of a commanding presence and an authority when you walk into a room I have so many opportunities now because I'm older I'm in shape I've been consistent. People have been watching me for years. Some of them hoping I'm going to fall off, but I haven't. I'm still here. And again, I'm not Superman. I'm not some special person. And I'm going to say it again. I'm no better. You're no worse. I'm not acting like I am anything other than a person who's been consistent for years. And another thing worth mentioning is this, as it relates to walking in a room. Before I came in here, I sat in my car and I got my mind ready. I got my energy ready for when I walked in, you knew I was here. You know what I mean? I owe you my best energy. So if from the last podcast to this one, I got some bullshit on my phone of business or whatever, you don't deserve that energy. So I sat out there for 10 minutes. I'm the real Clark Bartram. I got, you know, I'm funny. I'm strong. I'm this, I'm that. Da, 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 da. So when I walk in here, it's like, let's go. You know, I'm leaving here. All three of you motherfuckers are going to be talking about me like, damn. I love this guy. His energy's great. You know, let's have him back on. Whatever, because that's what we need to do. That's how we should show up in rooms. People need that. Because who wants to walk into a room where it's like, yeah, man, just watched fucking news this morning. That damn president of ours. It's like, shut up, blah, blah. I don't want to hear any of that. I don't get into that with anyone. Period. Why do you think so many people manage, like, struggle to change their state like that internally? Because I think a lot of men get stuck in that negative downward spiral for a long period of time. So I think a lot of that those often tend to be the people who are in really bad shape because I think it's their own insecurities maybe playing on them and their lack of confidence in maybe who they are. Yeah, part of it's what they do. Like I said, I deal with a lot of these high achievers, guys who run these companies, and they all pretend and act like they need to watch the news. The first thing I have everybody do is stop watching the news. I'm like, you will not watch the news while you're training with me. Well, I just have it playing in the background. I don't really watch it, but it's subliminally going... You don't think... That if this thing was running right now, that's why I hate it at the gyms. I don't understand why gyms have CNN, Fox News, and all this bullshit on when we're there trying to improve ourselves, but you're watching 12 people killed from gunmen that walked into a mosque today and shot people for no reason. That You don't think that's affecting you in a negative way? And you watching that, you're not going to do anything in your life to change any of that. But what you can change is your own state, like you had mentioned. And if you walk into your circle of influence, being that energy, being the person that lifts things up, you're going to leave everybody that was in your energy field better than when they encountered you. I always talk about Tom Brady. Tom Brady, the reason he has winning teams is because when Tom Brady walks onto the field, there's an expectation. And when you huddle up with him, you know, if you're a receiver, you better fucking end up in the spot where you're supposed to be because that bitch is throwing the ball to that spot because that's what he's trained to do. And if you don't show up there on time and catch it, you're going to hear from him. So everybody levels up compared to another guy where if you ran a sloppy route and you didn't end up there and you missed it, he's like, come on, man. Well, you know, a fucking guy blocked me. No shit. Really? That's what he's doing. He's trying to keep you from getting there. Tom Brady will not expect, you know, accept anything less. I'm the same way with my guys. Like if they give me some bullshit excuse, well, you know, I went to a birthday party. You knew you were going to a birthday party. Okay, that, that's no excuse. You, you drove yourself there. You drove yourself there. <laughs> well, you know, all they had to eat was, you knew that's all they were going to have to eat. 
you knew, I told you, be prepared in advance. So I don't want to hear it. I, and I don't take it from them. So my expectation is you show up there, I'm throwing you the ball, you catch it, we continue to advance down the field, and we all win. I want to win. Like, I want you to succeed because it's a fulfillment of my calling and purpose, which is, I believe, what I was meant to do. But it's also, I like, I like showing guys off. Like, before and I, like, hey, I'm going to show this guy off. This guy changed his life. And it goes deeper than the body. Like, we know the backstory, And that's why we get so passionate because it's, it's relationships being healed, fathers having connections with their daughters that they once didn't have before. You know, it's so much happens underneath the surface. And I think that's where people have a misconception. It's a narcissistic process. Whereas, and they look too much to the wrong reasons of why they should get in shape. And they look too much to the end outcome. And the reality is, yeah, it's great to look great, but the reality is it's who you become in the process to look great that's the really important thing, right? How do you improve yourself as a person? Because, say from a business aspect, people look at you and you're, you're fat and out of shape. If I look at someone that, like, when I used to work in my previous job and I'd interview people, if they're out of shape, I wouldn't employ, I wouldn't even fucking send them home. Because, like, you don't have the ability to look after your body and control what you eat, you're obviously gonna be shit at what you do probably in terms of work. Like, yeah. this should be the first thing you should be able to control let alone anything else within life. It's the last thing people control. I'll tell you a quick story. I recently stood next to a very dear friend of mine. He produced my TV show, American Health and Fitness, which aired all over the world. It was on the UK on Sky Cable or whatever you guys have there. But I stood next to him while he died. And I watched his only son take his dead finger and put it on a computer so they could open it up to get all of his information. So after the dust settled, I walk outside, I sit down next to the kid, and he looked at me and he said, I wish my dad would have went to the doctor. So getting beyond the aesthetic part. My dad never went to the doctor because he didn't want to hear what the doctor might say. Had my friend gone to the doctor earlier, he would still be here today. Because I stood there as the doctor told me we could have caught this. But he refused to go see. And there are so many men, you do blood work with your guys, I do blood work with my guys. The amount of men that I hear say, well, I haven't done my blood, man, you know, in years. That's the first thing that I do because I'm not trying to say, hey, eat a keto diet and we're going to change you. I need to know what's going on inside. So there's a very thoughtful process based upon me hearing things like what I experienced with my friend. Then his wife came to me and said, yeah, he would never go to the doctor. He just didn't want to hear. So you can do this all you want, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't change anything. I just recently found out that there's some issues with my prostate. I'm, you know, for all intents and purposes, I'm, I'm 60 years old. It's around the time that that stuff starts happening. I would not have known it if I wouldn't have went and got my blood checked and a guy said, hey, your PSA levels are a little bit elevated. Why don't you take this to the next level? I, I, nothing to be concerned about. So I went and I actually did a reels where the guy did my prostate exam, finger up my ass. I had my phone on. He didn't know it, and I'm like, oh shit, here we go. But I was trying to create awareness, because guys will say stuff like this, oh, that's gay, I'm not letting anyone stick a finger up my ass. No, the way you're thinking about it is gay, and it's stupid, you're dumb, and what does that mean anyway? Like, you know what I mean? That's just so disrespectful and stupid. So guys say dumb stuff like that. So anyway, they do the exam, and the guy hits me back, he's like, hey, we need you to go get an MRI. So I go get the MRI, insurance didn't want me to, it wasn't convenient, but I get it. I get the results back. Hey, we want you to have a biopsy. So now I'm to that stage. So there's a possibility of something nefarious going on in my body that 
I need to handle. Had I not checked, if I would have had my ears plugged and my eyes closed and, and not paying attention, people that care about me and love me could possibly Who knows? Lose, you. lose me. You know? It just it, it makes no sense for guys to avoid and, and being overweight is as equally as dangerous as having prostate cancer. It's probably more dangerous and because we get away with it. And it's your choice. Yeah, and it's your choice. You're, you're choosing to go eat something to add to that when you can choose to eat something to take away from that. It's that, there's nothing in between. You're either gonna make a choice to exercise or not. Like you said, if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. Eat right, not eat right. Good people, not good people. Good thoughts, not good thoughts. And I would also say respectfully given your career, like you, that photo shoot we spoke about, I was seven years old when you did that, that the amount of information that is available now to help people for free on the internet, like my social media, your social media podcast like this, being coached by people like myself and you, um, is insane. Was I, I even remember when I was like 15, 16, it was like there's nothing, you mean like magazines and random forum crap that you can find on the internet. Whereas now people have so much information but it's not just information people need, it's accountability and help it, like implementing it that really gets people results because most of us knew in essence what we need to do is like eat less, move a bit more in basic theory, but the reality is they need someone to keep on track with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm the king of that. Guys come into my program and they kick and scream when I tell them they need to get into a WhatsApp group. So I'll pair them with a coach, we put them in a WhatsApp group and I can show you like literally there's probably on my whatsapp group right now if i go to this one this pirates these guys are absolutely nuts they're posting meals they're doing all sort they're posting photos they're posting like this is one of my coaches rob absolutely changed his life so the accountability thing is key because let's take a an athlete for example tom brady tom brady doesn't miss getting hit Tom Brady misses being in the locker room. That's what he misses. No one wants to get hit. You got your arm up, you're throwing a ball, guy comes and smashes you in the ribs. You could see how pissed he would get every time he got smashed. And one of those linemen would get in trouble because they didn't do their job. But that's not what he misses. He misses being in that locker room next to a buddy, talking trash, being dudes. That's what our groups do for these guys. It gives them that feeling again, whether they were an athlete, in the military, something where they were around other men. And here's the bottom line. Everyone says, how do you raise your testosterone naturally? Our testosterone is going up in this room because there are four men in this room and men sync up no differently than women sync up in their cycles. So our testosterone is naturally gonna go up. What you laughing at over there? Real talk. <laughs> in terms of, um you being in such good shape for a, a long period of times, and obviously a lot of the, the drag, drug accusations coming into the testosterone side of things. What have you done previously to disprove that? Four different doctors looking at my blood and saying, hey, one of which is just right on there. He went and looked at my live blood. So in addition to having piss test, blood test, I have my live blood looked at by people who've been called in by the US Olympic Committee to test athletes. This guy tests everybody, and I'm an actual business partner with him now on another project with Russell Brunson. It's called Unfair Advantage, where we take blood work and prescribe vitamins for that. But I don't need to prove anything to anyone. Like, I literally don't care what anyone thinks, but I do care because I, I work hard. I've worked hard my entire life. Like, since I'm 14, I've been training nonstop, you know, from 
athletics to the Marine Corps to bodybuilding to all of it. It's just been a nonstop chain of different things. So that bothers me a little bit, but it, it really bothers me when people limit what is possible from a human if you just work. And it's the same thing with business. You can look at somebody and go, dude, like me, Clark, you don't understand what I know is possible for you. And I'm like, cool. I sat down with Bedros. I asked Bedros one time, how much, if you were me, how much would you be worth? He's like, don't ask me that question, please. Don't do this to yourself. I'm like, no, I wanna know. Because I, you know, I'm, I'm pushing through. So I understand the frustration of not being where you wanna be yet in a different capacity, but I'm also not stressing over it because that's a big thing that holds people back in fitness is they stress. Like I tell guys, stay off the scale, don't measure all this stuff, just follow the process. Like this, I woke up today like, will these red dots on my face ever go away? Oh my God, what if I'm scarred for life? I just have to trust the process. The lady told me they're gonna turn red and fall off. I gotta wait a couple days for that to happen and not freak out over it. What's freaking out gonna do for me? Nothing. Not a lot. <laughs> With um, the amount of time obviously you've been doing this for, what's actually changed in terms of like your nutrition training? Like how, how does that look? I don't, so I, the only time I ever really journaled anything was when, so, when we were at Gold's Gym Venice, I told you there was a lady in there yeah. that did my nutrition. That was the only time I ever really journaled anything because I was required to by her. So I've always been very lighthearted, I guess, is intuitive. the way to approach it. Yeah, intuitive. Very intuitive with my training. I still am today. I guess to answer the question specifically, I don't lift heavy. I don't want you saw it. I don't lift heavy. I'm very like mind muscle focused. I don't do anything that I don't think I should be doing, like everything is weighed and measured and I'll, I'll test myself, like wrestling Russell Brunson, my shoulder still hurts, but. Did he mess you up? He didn't mess me up, I mean, he pinned me, but you know, and I hurt my shoulder. Is it, was it on film? Toe. Oh yeah, I got a video. Oh, yeah, 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 and, uh, but you know, not a whole lot, honestly. I've always been pretty laid back with my style of training, even back when I was younger. I would carry Tupperware everywhere I went. I, I still carry food around with me. Like you had shrimp and cantaloupe the other day. It's just part of what we do. What does your nutrition look like now, comparatively? I do low you, carb. You more tra you more programmed for that, I imagine, than intuitive. Yeah. So I do low carb mainly. I. It's not that I'm afraid of carbohydrates. I eat them if I want to. But for me, I feel lighter and more ninja-like if I'm not like weighed down with that type of thing. It just makes me feel not fully optimized so for example today i had a coffee with with some Aubon protein and it's one of the proteins we sell with russell it's a collagen and bone broth protein really good and then i had some chicken just now so i didn't eat a lot i had a couple egg white bites on the way up at starbucks yeah good right it's one of my favorite things about the u.s yeah <laughs> simple simple to grab stuff Anyone who says, the, the biggest frustration I have with my clients is, Clark, I travel a lot, it's hard to eat. It's easiest to eat when you travel because you have somebody bringing you food. And all you have to do is ask politely, hey, do you, do you have salmon? Do you have any green vegetables? Do you have a salad? Okay, that's what I would like. You can never go wrong with a piece of salmon, some asparagus, and a, and a salad with vinegar and oil or balsamic, you know? Can't go wrong. And I think that's where people overcomplicate this process. And like, you know logically as an adult, you're not retarded. Like, 
there's a bad option, there's a good option. And people are like, well, I've got to have this bad option over here. Like, I had to eat the whole bread basket because it's there. I was like, just because it's there doesn't mean you have to eat it. And I also think an important thing for people to understand whether on a diet is like, yes, you might not be able to have the cookie right now, but it doesn't mean you never get to eat a cookie again. Yeah. Like, this is a process you need to go through now. And then when you've gone through that, if you want to have this and that every now and then, then it's not the end of the world. Yeah, people always talk about balance. Sometimes in life, building a business, healing a relationship, building your body, you need to be out of balance. Because mm -hmm. being balanced is probably what got you where you're at. Like I used to speak a lot in prisons and one time I had this guy heckling me and it just came up out of nowhere. I said, listen bud, your best thinking got you in here. <laughs> I'm leaving, you're staying. So you might as well just chill right now and let me say what I came here to say. And the whole entire place erupted and, and got on him and, <laughs> and got on my defense. But the reality of where people are today is their best thinking got them where they're at. So if someone's watching us and like, okay, I get it. That's the reality. So how do you change that? Change your thinking, change your approach. I love Oprah Winfrey. She says, always ask yourself, what's your next best move? So what's your next best move in what you're eating? What's your next best move with the opportunity to move? And you said it earlier, it just really comes down to eat less, move more, you know, eat better. You know, it's, it's, it's bigger than that. But if we were to just distill it down to two things, that's really what it comes down to because people were eating more and moving less. That's what got them in the position they're in, you know, no scientific stuff. There was no science that got a guy out of shape. He was eating more and moving less. We change it. The opposite's going to happen. I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but that makes pretty much common sense to me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the uh, concept of energy balance is not something that people seem to understand. It's like fat loss, calories in, calories out, because you need to burn more calories every day than you consume, and therefore your body will lose weight. Like, it's really, really simple, but often the things that are most simple are the things that people struggle to do the most because of their own limiting beliefs, like we said earlier on. For anyone who has limiting beliefs in a position that maybe, like, last 20, 30 years, they've been fat, they're always destined to be fat and they're labeling themselves as that. What would you say to that person? Stop telling yourself those lies. Like I would tell myself lie, like I, I had a poverty mentality for a long time. I grew up in a poor neighborhood, I grew up in a poor family and I had a limiting belief of what was possible for me coaching wise, like how much people would pay me, how much I was worth, how much I could make. And it wasn't until a coach came along and looked at me, it was Bedros, he said, Clark, you need to stop these limiting beliefs. You are holding yourself back from what I know is possible. You think the same thing. You're like, Clark, I know we can blow the roof off of this thing for you. You just have to understand you need guidance from someone who's done it differently than you have. And I'll show you the way, just trust the process. So that's what people need to do is stop lying to themselves. So that's what I did. I, I quit lying to myself. It doesn't matter where I grew up. It doesn't matter what happened. What matters is what I do today. And then when I wake up tomorrow, God willing, it matters what I do tomorrow. You know, the past is gone. The future's not here. Right now, the only thing that is, is existing in my life is you two right here, right now. This is it. This is my entire world. So I'm doing my best here right now. And then when I leave, that will be what exists. And I'll have a choice to eat something. I'll have a choice who I'm going to talk to and the conversation I'm going to have. It's either going to be up here or down here. What you said there with the choice is important because this is something that people don't understand is that every single choice you make is either going to take you towards what you want 
being in shape, being successful, having a great family, whatever that might be, or away. There's never like a neutral position. It's literally like yes or no. And the more you start to think about that, you then if you look at what you do every day, like are the actions aligned that you do every day with what you really want? Because a lot of people, they spend 80% of their time going the direct opposite direction of where they or who they say they want to be. Yeah. So I was on the way here and I just put on MapQuest because I wanted to know how long it was going to take me to get here. And it took me a different direction. And instantly I got nervous. I didn't trust it because I had been going a certain way to Las Vegas. I've been here a thousand times and I always go one direction. Even though innately I knew the other direction it was going to take me would get me here. But the minute I veered off the normal path, I instantly started to get nervous. And I was nervous all the way until it brought me back to where I was familiar. So that might be what people need. Like, trust the process. I'm MapQuest, you're MapQuest. Here we go. We're going off of what is normal for you. What is normal for you got you where? So what I found out on the way home last time I came here, there was a shit ton of construction. A shit ton of construction on the 15. It would have held me back so long. I'm glad I trusted the process because I got here on time and all of it. So when you realize that I'm MapQuest, Charlie's MapQuest, and we take you off the path, you're gonna get nervous, just continue to trust it. It's gonna come around just like this. I'm trusting the esthetician that the scabs are gonna fall off, my skin's gonna look beautiful, and I'm back to being that dude again, you know what I mean? But I've still got the confidence, I don't give a shit. This is part of what I chose to do, you know? The expression time heals all wounds, yeah. and the reality is that people need to learn to step outside of their comfort zone. And one of the things I like to do is make life pretty uncomfortable sometimes for myself. And we spoke earlier about balance. Now, you won't see anyone who's really successful at anything who has a super balanced life. So the way I try and explain to people the way I think with things is you have seasons throughout the year and throughout life. So I'll have periods where I'll work really, really hard like crazy and I'll have periods where I work maybe a little bit less or I went to the Maldives earlier in the year and I didn't work for five days or have a phone and no one could talk to me. Like, you have to think in that type of me mentality in terms of almost like reaping and harvesting and reaping and harvesting and then like, whereas I think too many people from a fitness and a business aspect, some people think they can be 10 out of 10, like foot to the gas all the time and everything. It's physically possible, like no one could do it. You'll blow up, get overwhelmed. And you see that fitness clients when they start a program because they'll they want to do cardio twice a day, eat a piece of lettuce a day and like do a three hour weight training session, yet they've never been, even been to the gym before. It's like the goal of everything in life is the most efficient process from A to B, doing as little work as possible. Because the goal is the desired outcome, not just running yourself into the ground in the process of that. I think the reason so many people do that is they don't have like, like you said, the, the map of how to get there. So they're just trying to fucking do everything. And then you throw enough shit against the wall, you hope something sticks. Yeah, guys trip out when I give them their program. They're like, this is it. This is what I'm eating. This is, it's, it seems so basic and so simple. Mike and, Michael Hearn and I were with Frank Zane the other day and Mike asked him a question. He said, hey, should people constantly be peaked? Frank, just as cool as hell, you know, three-time Mr. Olympia sitting back. He said, absolutely not. You should be close. You should be hovering. Shooting distance. Yeah, you should be right around here. And then when you have to, because being here all the time, like you just said, no, no one can really operate there for an extended period of time because we just weren't meant to be that way. People always come to me and they're like, look, I know you're super busy. And I'm like, how do you know I'm super busy? I'm not. 
you know, I'm, I, I like you, I'll, I'll dive in and work. But when I'm working, it doesn't look like I'm working because I'm always doing something that is meant to move my brand forward. And I met five people today and every single one of those five people said the exact same thing. Dude, you're elevating your brand. You're elevating your brand. And I'm thinking to myself, it's working. What I'm doing is working. How do you do this? I just work. Iris Kyle just asked me, Clark, I love your social media. How can I do what you're doing? I'll teach you. I'll show you. It's not that hard. You just have to constantly be putting something out because people are looking and they, they want to they want to follow somebody and listen to somebody who they know ain't going to be gone. And if I haven't proven it in 40 fucking years, I, I don't know what else I need to do for people. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going anywhere. I'm who I am. I'm very fortunate to do what I do. I count it a privilege. And one thing I want people to know again is I'm not acting like I'm some supreme being and I'm not talking down to anyone. What I'm saying is I really want men to understand that if you want help, I can help you. And I'm going to go all in. If you give me $100 for my service, I'm giving you 300 back in my service because that is what my dad taught me to do. And I do what I do to honor my dad. You know, he's not here anymore. But every fucking day when I wake up, I'm like, I will positively and powerfully affect everyone who I come into contact with. And I will outperform any amount of money anyone gives me to do anything for them, period. Why do you think so many people don't have that attitude? Because what I see from, like, respectfully, um, in the fitness industry is a take-take mentality rather than a helping people mentality. And the one thing that, I remember, I can't remember who said it, it might have been Grant Cardone, someone was like, if you want to be a billionaire, help a billion, billion people. And I was like, that's a really easy framework. This just like helps you loads of people and then you'll be really successful, right? So it's like, work out what people's problems are, give them the solution, and the rest will fill the void. Yeah. I can't not do what I do. If I didn't do what I do, I would literally implode, explode, fall apart, or whatever. There's, remember the show Brady Bunch? Yeah. There's an episode, in, in, to answer the question why there's so many people online doing things who aren't necessarily doing them for the right reason. There was an episode on Brady Bunch where Greg Brady was Johnny Bravo. And Johnny Bravo was the lead singer in a band. And he thought that he was the qualified person. The only reason he got the role as a lead singer is because he fit this really expensive jacket that they made. I see people in fitness who fit the jacket. They weren't born to do this. They can't not live if they don't do this. Like, I can see it in you. You love what you do. You love helping people. It's there. Like, I, I, I observed people, and I observed you a couple days ago, and I'm like, this dude's on to something right here. He's doing the right shit. He's bringing in the right people. That's the kind of people I want to be around. But I've also been around the people that are phonies and fakes, and I'm just like, oh, my God, dude, I, I got to get out of here. I don't want any part of this. It feels gross to me. So those people are out there, and unfortunately, you know, we see a lot of people selling a $97 ebook or something like this and that won't change anyone's life you know one thing you taught me I'm going to implement right now is I, I need to step up my game with what I'm offering people because it takes a long time for people to get out of shape like a lot of these guys I deal with they played some of them professional sports and they were big time college athletes it takes a long time to undo that 
and turn out to be 100 pounds overweight. So it would stand to reason that it will take a long time to get them back to where they feel confident in their skin and can have that command presence. So, yeah, I'm, I'm as coachable. I learn so much from my guys. I let them coach me because they end up loving me and they're smart businessmen and they're like, Clark, you should do this, you should do that, you should do this. I'm like, you don't think I'm gonna listen to a guy that just sold his company for $200 million? I'm all in and I'm getting this coaching for free, <laughs> you know? It's a funny thing because I see that with some of the guys that I coach is almost like they almost want to mentor me because they're like 30 years ahead of me and done whatever they have a business and it's like I find that very interesting dynamic in terms of like the way things work it's uh, it's a fascinating thing that makes you smile at the time because they say something to you and obviously they're from completely different industries I'm like I haven't had that perspective and that, but that's life experience and I remember when I was being younger, but like, oh, you're not 21, I was like, fuck is life experience? Why does that matter? And then right. it's like, the older I get, the more I, I learn, the more life experience I have. I'm like, you learn from mistakes, and the older you are, the more mistakes you've made, therefore the more life experience you have, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's why people trust me now, is because I have that experience. I've got a lot of years, you know, the reality is, I have more years behind me than I have ahead. I'm not going to live to be 120, nor do I want to be necessarily. All right, you could. I, you know, if I do, I better be a, a, a jack to 120 year old. Yeah, right? I, that's the goal. So, with all that, I, I really want people to understand that when they deal with me, they're dealing with a guy that actually cares. And if they haven't figured that out during this time, then they're really missing out on some emotional intelligence that that it needs to be instilled. With your time in the fitness industry. Who has impressed you over that period of time? Who are like, I don't know, two, three people are like, those two people for me are like the people that I'm like, they're the pinnacle of what this is about. So my mentor, who's no longer around, was Jack LaLanne, you know, the godfather of the health and fitness movement in the entire world. So I was mentored by Jack. He always impressed me, not just because he was so far ahead of the curve doing stuff that other people weren't doing. He invented so many things. Carnation Instant Breakfast was his. He invented the selectorized weight stack. There were so many innovations that that man came up with, but more than that, the way he treated people is really how I would sit back and observe and watch this legend who people would just fawn over when they saw him. And he required, every time we went to eat, he required 10 vegetables in his salad. If they didn't have 10 vegetables, he would kindly ask, and they would somehow go grow some vegetables really quick, and Jack LaLanne would get his salad that he wanted. So the way he treated people really impressed me the most. And another one I gotta tell you is Mike O'Hearn. You know, I've been around Mike for 30 years. I've never seen that guy miss a meal, not once, not one time in 30 That years. actually got hand on heart, you've never seen it? Never seen him, okay. never seen him miss a meal, not one time. I've seen him miss a couple workouts and I know the reason why it was we were in a business deal that kind of went south with someone and it really affected our relationship in a negative way so I'm, I'm super impressed with that there was no person that I've ever seen more disciplined than him so people can say what they want <laughs> they they couldn't hold a candle to that man and what he does not even not even close you know so what would you say is the biggest thing you've learned from Mike then? This consistency, you know, and passion and putting on blinders. You know, he gets trolled and hated and, and so he much. He makes them a laugh of it now though, right? Like, yeah, man. Funny. He, he just, he doesn't like, talks about training stuff him. and like, it's yeah, funny. Yeah, exactly. You know, 
I'm Clark Bartram. He's Mike Otrem. Yeah. We just have fun with it. You know, he's got little fake bottles all around his house. Everyone tapes trend on everything. We doodle little things. And he just laughs about it because he knows. Like, to look at that guy's history, from the time he was 14 to, I mean, he was... He's bigger than me at 14. Bigger than you at 14. That's and, depressing, right? It's crazy, right? So for someone to discount that work, and, and so him not taking a blood test, that's up to him. You know, he doesn't need to prove anything to anybody. I don't need to prove anything to anybody, but I choose to because I just have a different mindset about me. Mike's like, fuck them, I don't care. You know, when he chooses to, then he'll do it, you know? So, yeah. So Mike, Jack, uh, there are several others. Like I've been around Frank Zane a lot. I'm really impressed with him is his consistency. The fact that he wasn't a huge guy, just had beautiful, beautiful, gym, uh, you know, symmetry and, and you know, we're about the same height, so. What's your perspective in where the bodybuilding fitness industry is going? I have a love-hate kind of thing for the industry right now. I, I don't like this word thrown around, legend. Everyone throws around this word legend. And, it, you know, Jack LaLanne was a legend. Frank Zane is legendary. There are people who have earned that. Someone who just gets on Instagram and gets lucky and gets a lot of followers, or even if there's a little bit of skill behind it, to me is not a legend. Like there's no real substance there. So I think there are a lot of people being elevated to levels of... Premature status maybe? Yeah, man. You know, it's just credibility that's oftentimes undeserved just because, you know, I got lucky on TikTok. I got lucky. I, I did something stupid the trolls went crazy on me and all of a sudden I went from zero to 1.3 million followers. I, there was nothing I did other than the right combination of things for trolls to come and attack me and then everyone started following. So I can imagine the amount of people who have that same sort of luck online or maybe they did one thing that went viral. Now suddenly people are paying them lots of money to be at trade shows and it's like to me it just kind of cheapens everything. You know, it's not really anything of any value. But if people see value in it, who in the hell am I? You know what I mean? Who am I? I'm just some old fuck that's, you know, still here. You know, and, I, and I'll watch actual people that really laid the foundation in this industry walk by people at shows and they don't have a clue who they are. And I'm like, you just walk by an actual legend, you know, when you're fawning over whoever. The reality of that I find frustrating is that a lot of the people that get fanboyed online respectfully don't know what the fuck they're doing and don't, can't really give much value to help people, whereas a lot of the time the, the real people can give the most value, they don't have the red shiny object thing that maybe like lures people in, like the viral funny cat TikTok video that they might make, um, but they're the ones that can really change their lives that don't really get the recognition they deserve. I sent someone to Iron Man magazine who paid for a lot of followers and they were positioning themselves as a fitness expert. They went to Ironman magazine and my friend who ran the magazine was a photographer at the time called me afterwards because I made the recommendation. He said, why did you send me this person? I said, what do you mean? What happened? He said, Clark, I asked this person how to do a to, to do a squat. Like I need you to do a squat. They didn't know how to squat. I said, come on, bro, you're, you're, come on, what are you talking about? He's like, Clark, they didn't know how to squat. Their knees were all caved in, it just was horrible. I 
an out of shape photographer had to coach this fitness influencer the proper way how to squat because the article was about squatting 101. And this person, I assumed, knew based upon all of that recognition Perception. that they paid for to get there. That's why I say I know people would pay to get on the covers of magazines. And, and it's, it's facts. People will do that. How many covers of magazines have you been on? Do you even know? Over 100, easy. Who's been on more, you or Mike? Mike, yeah. He, he Is that a competition you have? Yeah, it was a competition, especially back in the day. We would go back and forth. But I'm about to beat him now because I'm getting ready to come out on another cover. I'm going to come out on Iron Man at the age of 60, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to one-up him because we've had competition. We competed against each other in 1988, 89, in the natural Mr. California. Yeah. Have you got a photo of that? What's that? Have you got a photo of that? You have to take one out. I have to find one somewhere. But I remember we're all sitting around, and I was always very friendly with everybody. And everybody's talking about this kid from Washington. He's coming down. Weeder flew him down. I'm like, who is this dude? Then Mike walks in with his posse. I'm like, oh shit, that's the guy. And he just walked past, and he went down in these little steps. And I go over there to look at him, and he's down there pumping up. I'm like, boys, I think we all should just go home. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up getting. I don't know. He, he was a heavyweight. I was a light heavyweight. I think I ended up in fourth place, and he won the whole thing. Yeah, but we've been friends ever since. It's, uh, it's a good thing, I think, that people miss out from sometimes is the relationships that come from sports. Like, I know you're really heavy in sports. My background is originally sports. And I think that's where so many people really miss out. And I think a lot of kids miss out now not being pushed into that. And I think, like, sports was a big thing, like... You do some coaching in, in football, so I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I coached my son all the way up till he went to college. I love being around athletes. That's part of what keeps me young is being around young energy that just inspires you to talk differently, act differently, function differently. I don't want to hang around 60-year-old guys that are falling apart and talking about the news and, and stock markets and stuff like that and divorces and, and bullshit. I want to be around youthful energy. I want to grab a football and say, go run a slant and I'll hit you. And he's like, well, you know, I'll run it slow. No, bitch, run fast because I'm going to out throw you. And they know it, right? They call me Clark the Spark when I come on. All the young kids love it. They're like, oh, Coach Clark's here, Clark the Spark, let's go. And it raises the energy in the room. And again, that's really what I love about me is that part, right? I just, it's just, I can't not do what I do. I can't help it. If I go on a football field, I'm going bonkers. And my son would always get embarrassed because he was the opposite of me. But I scream, yell, and hoop and holler. And he was just a quiet dude. Really great athlete, but just the opposite of me. And maybe it's because I was just so obnoxious all the time. Perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps. To start to wrap up, what would be the final piece of advice you'd give to someone, say, We've got six months left of this year that they have an opportunity to maybe finish their life in a better position or finish the year in a better position. What would your advice be to someone who's like stuck where they are maybe? Decide, vision, and action. Decide to do something different, create a vision, and take action. Unless you do that, you're going to be continually in the same place you're at. Most people don't ever decide to do anything. So once you've made a decision, create a vision and then take action. So that action would be call me, call you, and, and get your credit card out, get ready to pay some money to do it, and then stick with it. Absolute, no doubt in my mind that it's gonna work, but it will never work if you kick tires. 
yeah, you know, I'm just going to call and check and see what this Clark guy's all about. And then we put him on the phone with our guys and like, dude, yeah, he just wasted an hour of our time because he was bullshitting. Like, if you're going to call me, don't bullshit. If you call me when you're ready, call me when you're ready. With someone with nearly 40 years experience, maybe more in the fitness industry, what would be the best piece of advice you'd give me? For what part of your... To continue growing my career. Your career in the, in what regard? Do you want more fame, more uh, body, more what? Like what specifically? Whatever you think would be most appropriate. Well, I'll let you go where you want with that. So you're a handsome guy with a great body and a great personality. It's exactly what I built my career on. You know, it, you take those physical assets and you use them to increase your brand. You have more brand equity that you're not pulling out with your body. So I know you compete and do things like this. So what I would start doing is targeting certain people. Like there are still a few magazines out there. Try and get on a cover. Mm. And even, like I said, some people pay for covers. Even if you had to pay, like is the return on investment going to be worth it to you? So if, if you are on the cover of a magazine, how can you parlay that into more credibility to build your brand? Plus, you know, it, it, it feels good too to have that, right? To have... A magazine cover so I would I would start focusing on that like really how can I use like bodybuilding shows to me are a waste of time great it's, it's, it's just stupid and, and no disrespect to anyone I just don't I don't see it but even though I did it but marketing yourself is different so that's what I always ask people why are you competing are you competing because you're a competitor and you like competition or are you competing because you think a pro card is going to get you some sort of credibility that you don't already have just by saying it? Like, I am America's most trusted fitness professional. My son, Dad, my son said, Dad, really, are you? I said, yeah. He said, why? Because I fucking said so. That's why I created the brand. And, and I back it up. If you, if you hire me, you can trust I'm going to do the job. So that would be the area that I would go. I would just get dialed in, get just stupid shredded like never before and and get out there and shoot with every photographer possible and just really get that exposure and then start you know I, I mean, I'll definitely help you when you get to that point mm. if that's something you're interested in doing I don't know if I'm going down the right path or not but that's what I see that's what the answer's looking for yeah Charlie's over there like oh god fuck <laughs> building his ego up over here just you don't listen to that <laughs> there you go see I'm right right do you agree Okay, there we go. I need to get shredded again. Um, thank you very much for your uh, time, Clark. Oh, Where's the best place people find out more about you? Just to, it, it, here's what I always say. Look, I'm, I'm not out here begging for people to come and find me. If, pe if someone wants me bad enough, they're going to find me. I, I'll just leave it at that. We'll put the link in the show notes. So you can find Yeah, put the link in the show notes. But I don't want anyone to think that I'm out here doing anything other than like getting this shit out of my system. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. This is just me. I could go do five more podcasts today on the way home. I would be the same energy, the same enthusiasm, the same message, the same thing all the time. And here's what I know. It's going to connect with somebody. And somebody's going to reach out. And we're going to create a relationship. And it's going to change that person's life and mine too. 100%. Thank you for your time, Clay Clark. And there'll be a lot of uh, value for everyone listening to this. Enjoy the podcast. Make sure you smash the like button if you're watching this on YouTube. Drop in comments below and subscribe. And we'll see you next episode very soon. Thank you.